0: Welcome to California Ballot Breakdown from KPFA, where we take you through the stakes of what's on your ballot, the money behind the campaigns, give everyone enough time to make their best argument, and then try to get them off their talking points. On today's special. It enhances protections for everyone.
1: It is impossible to read and it has hidden in it many takeaways.
0: A debate on Proposition 24, a thicket of dense regulatory language that has divided groups that say they care about privacy. For a lot of us, it's probably one of the biggest head-scratchers on the ballot, so we will have on the pro and the con and try to tease out uh, which of the parts they actually disagree about. That's next on California Ballot Breakdown. Continuing our series of ballot debates, next up is Proposition 24. This is an overhaul of our state's brand spanking new Consumer Privacy Act. That's a law the state passed to start regulating what businesses can and can't do with our data. Prop 24 would change who that act applies to, it would wind up covering fewer businesses, it would add some new restrictions. It would take some existing restrictions away, and it would fund a $10 million a year agency to do enforcement. Uh, If I sound vague, that's because it is 52 pages long. We're going to have to lean on our guests to explain which details they think are most important. Before we do, for these debates, uh, we put on the debaters that the campaigns give us, so we open by telling you who is paying for their campaigns. Uh, The pro side of Prop 24 had collected about $5.4 million by this time last month, uh, all from one person, Alistair McTaggart, whose profession is listed as a real estate developer. The no side had barely $50,000, about half from the Consumer Federation of California, about half from the California Nurses Association. Okay, on to the guests. In the affirmative, we have Ariel Fox Johnson, Senior Counsel on Policy and Privacy with Common Sense Media. That is a, a group that rates content for age appropriateness. Good morning to you.
2: Good morning.
0: And on the con side, we have Richard Holiber, who is president of the Consumer Federation of California. Good morning to you. Good morning. Richard, did I pronounce your last name right? Yes, you did. Thank you. Okay. I never mind being corrected on air. Um, Ariel, since since you're on the pro side, uh, we give you the first crack at it. Take two minutes, make the case, and uh, if you can help us out, explain what Prop 24 would do that you think the, is necessary that the legislature didn't. Sure.
2: Prop 24 builds on the work of the California Consumer Privacy Act, which Common Sense was a co-sponsor of with Mr. McTaggart in 2018. There's a couple of really key things. First, it enhances protections for everyone, including for kids and families. It closes ad targeting loopholes. It puts new limits on companies' collection and use of information. Importantly, it gives consumers the right not just to say, do not sell my information, but do not use it. If that information is your health, your financial information, ethnicity, or your location. In addition, it significantly strengthens enforcement. And as we all know, a law is only as good as its enforcement. Proposition 24 would establish a dedicated independent agency, a funded expert privacy regulator with a budget to have more than twice the staff of the Federal Trade Commission's Federal Privacy Task Force. It triples penalties for violations that involve the information of minors under 16, and it would let cities and municipalities enforce the law. This is really key. In addition, Proposition 24 sets a strong floor. Common Sense, and me in particular, has spent the past two years defending the landmark California privacy law from industry efforts to weaken it. Prop 24 would make it much harder for the legislature and special interests to weaken California privacy law in the future. In contrast, amendments to strengthen consumer privacy would be no harder than they currently are. Given all of this, we feel like this is a huge step forward for Californians and their privacy.
0: Uh, Richard, same invite to you. Two minutes to make your case against Prop 24.
1: Well, Proposition 24 is uh, a very dense 52-page long document that contains a lot of takeaways from current privacy, and we would start by acknowledging it has a few extremely modest improvements, but these are far, far outweighed by very substantial takeaways from the rights that we currently have In California. And that is why the the, uh, ACLU, the California League of Women Voters, the California Nurses Association, Consumer Federation of California, uh, Dolores Huerta, Color of Change, Black Lives Matter Los Angeles, uh, Public Citizen, and many, many other organizations that fight for privacy and for the rights of Californians oppose Prop 24. So you have to look at the fine print and that's where the harm is done. Prop 24 asks voters to enshrine and then expand pay for privacy schemes. Now, think about this. People are struggling, barely getting by during a pandemic. And this creates, in effect, privacy express lanes for the wealthy and traffic jams, uh, talking about online Express lanes for the wealthy and traffic jams for the rest of us. It's fundamentally unfair to people that are not wealthy and it expands these pay for privacy schemes. It makes it harder to opt out of the selling of your information because it has changes to current law that give you much better ways to opt out. This was pointed out in the analysis done by Consumer Reports. They're neutral, but they said it makes it much harder to opt out. It also limits your privacy to the borders of the state of California. There is a one word change hidden in Prop 24. Uh, Currently, your privacy follows you wherever you travel. But Prop 24 says the minute your cell phone pings a cell tower in another state or geolocation on a computer says you're in another state, businesses can upload the contents that you have stored on your computer. These are big, big takeaways. But making it worse is that it's almost okay, that's, impossible that's three points to amend.
0: about two minutes. So I'll, I'll okay. come back to you momentarily, oh, but yeah. I'm gonna try to referee yeah. the time here. So let me come back to Ariel. And before we get lost in, in a list of substantive points, ask her to respond to some of them. Uh, let's start with, with what he's calling a pay for privacy schemes.
2: Sure. So the language is the same as in the current California Consumer Privacy Act. So uh, opponents are complaining about the language that is currently in California privacy law. They're complaining that it is still in the initiative. This isn't changing anything. Now, one reason that this is currently in California privacy law is because it allows for a model that supports news organizations, people who would prefer to see advertisements, music streaming, and others that rely on paid subscription. Concerns about pay for privacy seem completely overblown. One, they could be changed in the future just as easily as they could be changed now because this only enshrines protections for privacy. It makes it no harder to improve privacy, according to the California Constitution experts at the Berkeley Law California Constitution Center. And two, other experts have said that they have not come across a single site using the pay-for-privacy model as it is framed by opponents and that they're claiming to exist. So pay-for-privacy is no change from current law, can be easily, just as easily as now amended in the future, and we're not actually seeing this happen in practice. I'd also love to speak about losing rights when you leave California and those allegations.
0: Yeah, do that quickly, then we'll go back to Richard.
2: Sure. Again, this is another place where the language is the same as in CCPA. There is. There is a typo change. But what propon- opponents are complaining about here is what they claim is a weakness is really just constitutional requirements. California cannot regulate stuff that happens outside of its borders. California law cannot extend outside of California's borders. And this is a constitutional requirement in our country, and that is why Prop 24 and CCPA include dormant commerce clause language that does not purport to regulate something that happens wholly outside of California. What Mr. Holliver was describing, where information is collected onto your device in California, that would still be covered by Prop 24, just as it is covered by CCPA.
1: Richard, uh, your, your response yeah.
0: on those two points?
1: Well, let me, let me respond first. Um, on this notion that um, they are fixing an error in uh, current law, there are several. There are many. Pri- uh, there are many consumer laws that follow you wherever you travel. In fact, the Consumer Federation of California authored two laws that are privacy laws that deal with the devices you have that follow you wherever you travel. One has to do with rented computers. The other has to do with. Uh, telematics or transponders in cars. And in both instances, businesses are prohibited by California law from uploading the contents of those devices when you and the device leave the state. So it is current law and it is enforced wherever you are. So the, the, the notion that you know, that you cannot have a California law applied outside the state is completely wrong. Also, Prop 24 expands. All right, of, hold
0: that thought. I, I want to try to pin this down before we move on, because I'm worried that we're getting lost in the weeds. But Ariel, I have kind of a, a, a bigger picture, a political question for you, which is, um, sure. Sure. you know, the state can do what it wants uh, until a judge tells it it can't.
2: Exactly right.
0: Why, why ask voters to play the role of judge? Why not aim high with the policy and, and keep the more stringent policy on the books till the court throws it out? Uh,
2: the way that was probably the case with the laws Mr. Holliber was describing? You know, Mr. McTaggart wrote the initiative, uh, Not Common Sense, and I know he expects lots of challenges because this law. But, but the campaign, creates campaign lots gave you to private- us
0: to defend it. So I'm, I'm going to ask correct. you to defend the entirety of it.
2: I'm happy to do that. So we're expecting lots of challenges from companies for Prop 24, same as for CCPA, and want it to be as strong as possible to defend against any challenges, particularly constitutional challenges. With privacy laws in general, dormant commerce clause challenges, First Amendment challenges, those are often raised. So in speaking with constitutional legal experts and academics across the country, this was seen as the strongest way to protect a strong privacy law for Californians.
0: Can I Richard? Hull, can I come back to you? Uh, when, when you opened your argument against Proposition 24, you made a passing concession that some parts of Prop 24 made modest improvements to California privacy law. I was wondering if you could go into detail about that. What do you think is good in here?
1: Well, for example, for uh, Ariel's organization, you know, they focus on consume, uh, on children's issues and they do some excellent work. It triples the penalties for violations of kids' privacy. That could easily have been passed through the legislature as a standalone bill. But you have to look at the entirety of this very dense uh, you know, measure, and people are tearing their hair out trying to understand it because— It is impossible to read, and it has hidden in it many takeaways. Now, we have a brand new privacy law. It literally became enforced only in July of this year, The ink isn't dry on it. And before we reduce people's privacy rights, because that is the net effect of 24, give that that new law a chance to work, go to the legislature and fix it. You know, the ballot initiative is the last resort when you can't get anything through the legislature. This was the first resort for Mr. McTaggart, who's worth about a half a billion dollars. He's a huge landlord, by the way. And, you, you know, this is not written to expand privacy rights. It does in modest ways, but it is more than offset by takeaways, and it has a ceiling as well as a floor. That that has been pointed out in many of the editorials opposing it. Almost every newspaper has come out against it, as have groups like the League of Women Voters, who point to the impossibility or you know near impossibility to amend it. So it sets a floor and a ceiling it locks us in to weak privacy for a long time to come people should reject this and let's work on improving our privacy okay, let me. Right. i want to follow up on
0: something you said before i pass this back to, to ariel for a response um you, you pointed out and i agree with you uh a, as a voter it's very hard to make sense uh a, a, a of a thicket of regulatory language like this i also know from covering politics in sacramento That when you have an area of law that is very opaque to the public, uh, that is where lobbyists and insiders are most effective at having their way. Uh, Do you think there's any merit in general to setting a floor at the ballot box that can't be weakened behind closed doors in the state capitol?
1: If we set a good floor, then it couldn't be weakened. Yes, there are other other ballot props that have done that, and and they have stopped the tax. The fact is that... We, the ACLU and other opponents, have stopped just about every attack on privacy. We have strengthened privacy laws over over the course of many years, little by little. No, we don't win all our fights. Of course, we have lots of opposition. And we'd love to see a strong privacy initiative that set a a strong floor, started with the notion that your information is yours, what's called opt-in. In In other words, you have to give permission before someone can use your information. This is opt-out. And they make it hard okay. for you.
0: So I, I think I think we've got it. There's not an opposition in principle to doing this at the ballot box, but in substance to what voters are being asked to sign off on. Um, let me pass that back to Ariel. The the question of this also setting a ceiling that would box in the legislature from making better privacy rules moving forward.
2: Sure. So I'll go to the California Constitutional Initiative experts at Berkeley that say the statement of intent unambiguously sets a floor and creates a one-way ratchet there's no ceiling so the legislator can amend the initiative by increasing privacy protections opponents and now I'm paraphrasing opponents are misconstruing the legal standard if a court is going to look at proposition 24 it's going to find ample evidence I'm quoting again a plain intent to protect consumer privacy to strengthen existing protect provisions and permit amendments that provide even greater protection. And then any ambiguity is going to go to the ballot argument. The ballot arguments specifically say you can amend in a pro-privacy way, specifically opt in, adding more rights for kids and families, um, giving more abilities for individuals to enforce their own rights. Those are in the ballot arguments. Those are part of the intent. And those are things that we hope to build on. I've We've also passed privacy Let's laws. Let's go back We're to Richard
0: with... for, for details on this. Where are you saying there is a ceiling, Richard?
1: Sure, and this is not just me. Uh, a privacy law professor at Santa Clara University has written about this. So, first of all, it does say, uh, and this gets to the thicket of, of contradictory language, it does say the legislature can amend by simple majority, provided you know it's not a weakening amendment. But it says it has to be consistent with the purpose and intent of this act is set forth in Section 3. So again, you read Section 3, there's only one sentence that speaks to amendments. Section 3-6-C-6 says this law shall should be amended. If necessary to improve its operation, provided that the amendments do not compromise or weaken consumer privacy, okay, that's good, while giving attention to the impact on business and innovation, we call that profit maximization. So they're talking about amendments if necessary to improve its operation, to make it work more smoothly, not amendments that are a policy uh, amendment to strengthen privacy and that is why you know the san francisco chronicle editorial opposing this measure okay i'm going to jump in because we don't have editorial opposing of you to, to list every endorsement you've up ariel
0: uh, specifically on this point that language sounds like uh you know that this is about improving regulations in the interest of business rather than consumers
2: the clear intent is to improve and protect consumer privacy, and opponents are misstating the standard by claiming that any amendment has to satisfy every single section of the law. Otherwise, you could never amend a proposition, and that's according to the California constitutional experts. Well,
1: right, again, we're, we're getting um, I think experts we're getting disagree, close, this thing is a mess. That's the only thing that we agree on. It's a mess. It's going to end up in the courts, and the good parts will not, you know, improvements will be thrown out
0: um, i want to I want to return to a, a kind of question of principle on w- what you do at the ballot box versus the legislature and, and ask you, Ariel, a, a variant of a question I put to Richard. Um, I, I got to say, I, I try to prep um, for our segments on every one of these initiatives. I read the analyses. I try to read the actual statutory language. It is part of my job to do this. This is part of my work day. And I glazed over like four different times trying to figure out the details of Proposition 24. Why do this at the ballot box? Like, why, sure. why so, is this a good thing to go to an up-down vote by, by a lay audience of voters?
2: So, So, one, I'm... Agree with you. This is, takes time to read. Privacy is complicated. The GDPR that many point to as the gold standard is something like 88 pages. So at least this is less than that. Why do it the ballot box?
0: You know but what? But it wasn't passed as a ballot this. initiative in Europe.
2: <laughs> no. But why? So why about? We've tried to do this in California. We've tried to pass strong private rights of action in the last two years um, since CCPA. We've tried to amend on it and we've tried to improve it. And you know what? The tech industry fights us, and the privacy committees won't even hear our bills. And these are bills we work on with other folks, including Mr. Holliver, ACLU, EFF. They won't even hear us. What they do hear is tech industry efforts to weaken the CCPA, and those go late into the session, fighting them still in August. So we are outgunned in the legislature, and we want to enshrine a strong floor through the initiative process.
0: Question of principle for you, Ariel. Are there big areas of this law that it would make more sense to have uh, done by the federal government?
2: I don't hold my breath for the federal government to do anything in this area. So
0: I, I know you don't, but as someone who who worked on Prop 24, do you find yourself going through the language going, geez, this would be a lot easier if there was a uniform federal standard uh, and, and we didn't have to sort out how to do this from Sacramento?
2: I mean, maybe in my ideal rainbow world, but that's just such an impossibility to imagine that I don't spend much time focused on that.
0: All right. Um, that's the voice of Ariel Fox Johnson she's senior counsel on policy and privacy with Common Sense Media that is a a group that uh, among other things rates uh, online content for age appropriateness and she is arguing in the affirmative on Proposition 24 which is a overhaul uh, of California's uh, relatively new digital privacy laws Uh, because we gave her the first word as the proponent we will give the last word to the person arguing against Prop 24 Richard Holliber, president of the Consumer Federation of California go ahead
1: Sure. You know, the author is one extremely wealthy landlord worth about half a billion dollars. It is known that he met with Facebook and big tech companies while he was drafting it, and he redrafted it. Sorry, Richard,
0: because it. It, it's the second time that you've brought this up. Are you saying he has a financial interest in this law? I mean, there are rich people who put things on the ballot to enrich themselves. There are also rich people who put things on the ballot because politics are a pastime for them. Why why do you keep bringing up his his wealth and his occupation?
1: It's a pastime, although he did acknowledge on uh, on, uh, PBS that... and on social media to advertise his properties. But the main thing here is, it is opposed by almost every group that works on privacy and consumer uh, protection, including the ACLU, the League of Women Voters, Dolores Huerta, Color of Change, Black Lives Matter Los Angeles, and many others. This is a very contradictory ballot measure that does more harm than good, and it locks the harm in. It reduces privacy rights let's reject it we are working year in and year out to strengthen privacy rights and we've had some substantial victories and we've stopped all of the attacks from business yes they're there every year attacking we and others are there every year defending and stopping them we don't want to lock in substandard privacy rights and that is really the net effect of proposition 24. we would urge people to vote no Research it, look at what the ACLU says, look at what the League of Women Voters, they have very detailed analyses explaining why they urge people to vote no on Prop 24.
0: All right. That was the voice of Richard Holliber, president of the Consumer Federation of California, arguing against Proposition 24 with him. Ariel Fox Johnson, Senior Counselor on Policy and Privacy with Common Sense Media, arguing for Proposition 24. Uh, I want to thank both of you for taking 25 minutes out of your morning to go through your positions with us. Um, I, I didn't expect it to be that helpful, but I, I think it was pretty helpful to, to at least some of us. So, so thank you for your time. Thank you. Thank you. That does it for this California Ballot Breakdown. Uh, we've got another debate going up soon on Proposition 25, a referendum on a bill that would have eliminated cash bail if it would have gone into effect. Uh, we're also going to start hitting you with coverage of late money moving into local races around the Bay Area. If you want to make sure you don't miss any of it, just subscribe. California Ballot Breakdown. It's in most podcast directories. Or look forward at KPFA dot org. Remember, in California, your vote matters even more down the ballot.